Hello, my Spotify friends. I have been a little bit slack here, admittedly, but I obviously need to begin with saying there are some more in-depth episodes available on my Patreon. So for those who like to hear yarns, tangents, there is material perfect for that over on my Patreon account. Uh, so today, not I don't want to be a downer, but I'm in kind of a shit mood today. And I can't really pinpoint why. There's no one specific thing. So I'm going to blame it on like either the moon or some planetary conjunction. Because that's easy. And I do partly believe that we are influenced by external solar masses on our tiny little biological frame. But I thought, considering my mood, and the mood is manifesting in a blunt kind of delivery in how I am right now, I thought today's episode could cover this very boring but sort of unresolved topic of and I don't want to say like cancel culture but we'll use it for now I'll probably figure out a different way to describe it but it's not so much being cancelled but rather the fear of it and the reality of what it actually is which is nothing really so what spurred me on to this is I was listening to BFM the other day I like BFM sometimes sometimes I don't but I think it's a good example of a institute my dad used to be a um, BFM DJ way before he had me and I have always liked BFM because it just has, you know, my dad was a DJ and it's cool. My dad's got great taste in music and I would have loved to have been a listener back then. But um, it's very, um, it's very sort of peppered with personalities that some are very insightful and I think that the station as a whole provides a great um, platform for information that isn't just disgusting, corny, bullshit, like, you know, media work, mass-produced radio shows. But in saying that, there are personalities in the BFM mm, house that kind of use their liberal personas as weaponry. Now, I'm not naming particular people, but for example, I was listening to it the other day and there was a little segment interviewing students who were chiming in about, you know, the new proce- the new uh, protocols and uh, what would you call it? Just rules around COVID and, and study. Obviously, they are less able to have 
lectures in a traditional way. Zoom has obviously become an extremely valuable resource for study and things like that, but it wasn't so much um, an interview about the adaptation of study. It was a segment where students were complaining about the hardship and their personal inconvenience because of the pandemic. <laughs> and I don't believe that I heard this wrong, okay? And as I hear it and as I interpret what I'm hearing, I am going to comment on that. So one of the students was saying how they were in art, doing architecture and how difficult it was to complete things because they didn't have access to the university tools. And the quote was, I've only got a laptop. And that just sort of chimed in my brain as, oh, where? Where? Because I'm not studying, right? And I'm not saying that this isn't an inconvenience for this person. But life is filled with inconveniences, some of which would just be megalithic eclipses comparative to, oh, I can't go in and use their fucking technology. I've got to use my laptop. Figure it out. Figure it out. Because there are people who have figured out vaccines for a fucking virus that's wiping out the world. You don't hear them calling up BFM going, where? So for me, I thought this couldn't land in a more tone-deaf way. Considering the environment, what's happening in the Ukraine, and your and BFM has gone, yeah, nah, fuck it, this is a good segment. Let's get a bunch of students in New Zealand, one of the luckiest countries in the fucking world right now, <laughs> with their student fucking loans, doing architecture, complaining that they only have a laptop to you know complete tasks. Now, one of the other students was saying, oh, well, you know, because I had to self isolate, I had to do zooms, and it was, there was a lecture and, and it's impossible to like be heard when you're in a Zoom and everyone else is in the class because they can't hear you and nobody cares about you. Like nobody cares. That was the quote. And again, my brain went, oh, where? Where? Oh, where? Now, it's not my fault that that's how I heard it and it's not their fault that they're having a whinge. But BFM, maybe there was someone there that could have been like, yeah, let's just fucking scrap that one and play some music and just in light of, you know, Ukrainians being mowed down by tanks. <laughs> Immune, autoimmune uh, deficient humans that are being wiped out by a fucking pandemic. Now, again, I don't like to be that person that compares everything to the worst thing. But it is um, certainly... Um, short-sighted to not consider the positives in your life when you're not experiencing those extreme hardships. So anyway, I tweeted about it, just like, you know, and then I get some fucking BFM person who's not responding to that tweet. They've responded to a year-old tweet by keying in, obviously, my tweet handle and BFM, keyword, to find another tweet about BFM that they can 
object to. And the tweet that they responded to, it's like a year old, was like, I'd written something about how whoever was being interviewed on BFM, or the reporter, sounded like she was smoking a bucky and could she please stop? I vaguely recall it. And, and I, if I do recall correctly, it was she couldn't stop saying um and giggling. Now, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever heard, no. But annoying, play music. If you, you know. And it's this type of, and I'm getting back to the sort of cancel culture idea, but ironically, when I was cancelled, the first people, the, the very first people to really get their teeth sunk into me were the people in the BFM pool, let's say. Not necessarily DJs, but you know, there's a, there's, there is a DJ, her name's Sigrid, I think, and she's always had a fucking deal with me, never met her, she looks um, like your quintessential BFM type, you know, like she would be carrying around um, a Walkman and wouldn't own an iPhone because she's alternative. Oh, here we go. So this person who I literally just mentioned, the tweet that I wrote was a year ago, and I wrote, wow, the girl I'm reporting on BFM right now is talking like she's ripped such a fat bucky, please stop. That was my tweet. So this person from BFM wrote, firstly, no. Secondly, we, we'll keep doing our good shit like we have for over 50 years, Chur. And I wrote, if you cared about the quality of the station's content, take on board criticism of listeners instead of deflect, deflecting on a year-old tweet you aren't aware of. It just adds to the theme of ego-drunk liberals bordering on an exclusive club. And they've just replied, K. Yeah, don't, don't try me. BFM people. Yeah, cool, you've studied. You've gone to school and you've learned some big words that you can regurgitate because you've got a brain just big enough to figure out words that are going to prop up your own personal vendetta or agenda. But you're not using your ability to retain knowledge in order to frame it in a way that's productive and open-minded. So this person, who I've checked and it's and they've got BFM in their in their handle, so congratulations. Wow, you really tried it, didn't you? So that I know I know the intention of that first reply that they sent. They've done a dick thing by doing a keyword to see, oh, like, let's see something that she said that could be cancelable. And they tried it. And guess what? No, you can't cancel me. Because cancelling is a bullshit made-up thing. Only person capable of cancelling you or anyone is yourself. But people in the BFM, and I'm, I'm saying BFM because of this tweet particularly, but I'm going to say this liberal, um, this liberal side of whatever this political war in terms of opinion is it's going on right now. We've got the anti-vaxxers and we've got the, um, the not insane. You've got Trump supporters and you've got Biden supporters, which I, in New Zealand, who gives a fuck? America is fucked as it is. There's a very, very, um, there's a 
very redundant stench when Kiwis especially decide to chime in on some political fucking debate that really doesn't involve them and, and they certainly have, n- I mean, no real experience with whatever it is they're saying and the impact in which their views would have if they could rule the world since they have all the answers. And it's, but it, I mean, and again, I'm not saying it's not good to have an opinion and it's not good to share them, but I think that the fear of, okay, th- there's an extreme here, right? There's two sides that are really quite vocal. There's the extreme left and the extreme right. And the extreme left are the ones that use big words and use minority issues as weapons, right? And I mean that because it's very, very seldom that you see people who are at the absolute junction of political issues using it as weaponry. For example, you don't see victims of let's say homophobia, right? Let's just say people who have really been um, attacked for their sexuality in a, like, you know, in a, a dangerous way. You don't see those people using that experience as a form of weaponry. You, it's the people using others' experiences of trauma as weaponry pretending to be an ally. And this goes both ways, but I feel that when you've got this fear, instilled fear because of how you approach something, you're just as bad as the other side. And what was once a environment that allowed discussion everywhere without this sort of conditioned limitation in law and freedom of speech and just freedom of expression in general, socially, the majority of people don't speak out about how they feel and what they think. And majority of people are the ones that are, you know, experiencing life day to day, not the ones on their soapboxes with the privilege of study in university and books and education, prancing around just like educated fools because they feel important. Wow, you've got a degree. Do you want a fucking medal? You know, it's like, where are you applying that? You're not. And people are generally scared because they want to speak out about things like, you know, okay, Black Lives Matter. I saw this a lot. When the Black Lives Matter um, sort of hashtag was trending, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter with, a lot of threads on Twitter, not involving me, but I saw them, where people were inflaming these social fires on non-black people who were using 
Black Lives Matter with either, either in their bios or their um, content or whatever. Now, yes, there were definitely people misusing it and using it to promote themselves, but there were lots that weren't. And they were being attacked. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, white people are victims or where No. But how are you honestly going to waste your energy going for someone because you're saying, oh, you're, you've got your white, you're, you're acting in white guilt, whatever that is. Now, white guilt, sure. Why, why is that a shameful thing? Of course, white people have white guilt. It's a fucking, it's, it's a um, hereditary, whoa, it's a hereditary social um, stain, really. And any people who have a white um, lineage would, I imagine, agree. Being like, yeah, white people are fucked, lot shit up. But for this to now become this shameful exercise... And people are telling and dictating to others, oh, you can't do this and you can't say this and you can't do this because whatever. It's like, I'm sorry, are we going to maybe ask the community that we're really, um, you're, you're apparently trying to protect, see whether or not they would prefer to have awareness? Because I would imagine that the more people talking about a really serious issue, the better. You cannot condition and eradicate people who have bad agendas. I understand that. But it is just such a fucked up, defective and regressive way to unify and spread awareness, especially in light of a pandemic, when, you know, online is where we talk. It's how we get information across. And a lot of the information that's out there is pumped out by corporations that control everything and we are being misled on every front so it is our obligation and our duty to do as much as we can and not be cancelled because oh because you've got white guilt yeah and oh so we so this adding to a good cause is not allowed now this is a bit of a tangent of course it is but what I'm saying is you really need to understand that being cancelled, for the most part, is when people don't like you. It has nothing to do with what you say. It has nothing to do with, and I say for the most part, sometimes you say fucked up shit, it is definitely that. But for the most part, it is, it is a vengeance spurred on by personal grievances. And it can be fluffed up with as many big fucking tokeny words that you want and phrases and trending things that are going to make these people who are coming for you or whatever it is look like they have sturdy foundations. But it's so fucking easy to pick it apart when you see beyond it and go, oh, you're just an ego drunk. Another one. Save it. BFM. You are a good radio station, but it's it's gonna it's gonna end up just like the rest of them if you're allowing people to use this like this one person coming for me because they don't like me for some reason. What if fucking ever? Who cares? But like BFM, we're gonna do like whatever, and we've done for fifty years. Like okay, cool. Did they have fuck all to do with my tweet? No, the chick sounded like she was ripping a fat bucky. 
don't fucking try and misshape what I've written a year ago into some stupid mould because you want to be some liberal flag flyer for your own personal bullshit. Save it. I've had so many fucking years having to bat away those kind of people because, yeah, I said a fucked up thing. Over. It's done. And I don't deny it. But it's not the other side of these extreme idiots that have generally, you know, tried to burn the witch. But these are the same people that claim, oh, we're, we're all inclusive and fucking, you know. I spoke to Chloe Swarbrick the other day, who I love, by the way. I'm in love with her. But, you know, they're using all these good people and people who are actually doing good things for the community. And then on the, in the same breath, being an asshole for no fucking reason. Like that Sigrid bitch who's on BFM. So many times she's said shit on me and on and off air. And there's a table at BFM where, my, where all the DJs do in the station, like where they you know, record from. I've been there before and it's tagged on. The whole table's just completely scribbled on. And I wrote Peoples is Awesome and she came in right after and scribbled it out because she hates me. And it's just like, whoa, chill out. Relax, bro. But again, she's on BFM, so she must be a lovely person. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? It's just fucking irritating. People that think they're smart because what? Oh, you're at a university campus right now. Have the spirits of knowledge just like immerse themselves into you and now you're just the all-encompassing being of enlightenment. No. It's fucking annoying. But yeah, anyway, so that was today's little rant. Um, No one can cancel anyone except yourself. Um, Criticism is the only way that a collective can properly uh, eradicate not the best. And when criticism is offered, it is an opportunity to tweak and perfect whatever the issue, topic, thing is. But if you immediately deflect and defend whatever it is because you're just being pig-headed, you'll never improve. And it fucking annoys the shit out of me. Like, you couldn't imagine. that It's just, it's like a, it's like hay fever for me. Oh, you're going to take my shit personally. I don't even know who you are. Sounds like you need to go to fucking therapy. Oh, but wait. You study psychology, so you're above it all. Sure. Save it. But I I do encourage anyone to try me. Try me. Do what this person's done. Key some fucking words in my Twitter and just make it about you. You know, constructive. What's it called? Oh, it'll be, it's a microaggression. Honestly, save it. Anyway, I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I've said and I'm going to leave it there. I like to keep it under half an hour because, um, more. Yeah, (laughs) I finally uh, ended my rant. So, like I said, there are other topics on my Patreon. I've covered the topic in two segments over there um about how I'm now approaching my Instagram 
uh, page and the repetitive deletions that I've had, I am weeding out those that have made that happen um, for so long and hopefully we can keep it alive for more than a month. Thanks for listening.